Good morning and welcome to worship on this fifth Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are gathered this morning, we are so delighted that you are joining us for worship. Our radio broadcast this morning is sponsored by Mary Langford's family in honor of her memory this Mother's Day. The family writes, this Sunday we proudly dedicate this radio broadcast to Mary Langford. We are so grateful to have been raised by such an incredibly selfless, loving mother. Her family continues to celebrate Mary's life, as well as all of the wonderful mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, held dearly in our hearts today and always. Thank you, Mary's family, for that sponsorship this morning. During this Easter season, our Paschal candle shines with the light of the resurrection dawn, a reminder of the power of God's love and life at work in this world. And now I invite you to light a candle to gather some bread and some wine or juice in preparation for celebrating Holy Communion just a little bit later in our worship service. We begin this day as we live. We gather in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are joined to Christ in the waters of baptism and we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us this day give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters and by your word you created the world. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea, you led your people from slavery to freedom. At the river, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word, you claim us as daughters and sons, and we praise you for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives in your forgiveness, grace, and love. Amen. We sing together this morning our gathering hymn, Now All the Vault of Heaven Resounds, number 367, and we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 3.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. We sing now together our hymn of praise. with you and also with you let us pray almighty God your son Jesus Christ is the way the truth and the life give us grace to love one another to follow in the way of his commandments and to share his risen life with all the world for he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God now and forever amen time, Pastor Heather will share with us a special children's message. I invite you to watch and listen. Good morning, OSL kids and adults. Pastor Sarah inspired me with her children's sermon last week to also offer my children's sermon here at my home um, with the sounds of nature in the background. This morning, I want to tell you a little story written by Robert Fulgram, who wrote the book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. This story isn't from that book, but he is the author. Here is his story. Once upon a time, a traveler went to Chartreuse. It's a city in France to visit a great cathedral, a great church that was being built there. When the traveler arrived, he, he encountered a worker who was covered in dust and grime. The traveler asked what the worker did. The worker replied that he was a stonemason. He spent his days carving rocks. The traveler then met a second worker who shared that she was a glassblower. She spent her days making colorful glass for windows like in our sanctuary. The third traveler he met um, said that he was a blacksmith who hammered iron for a living. Finally, 
The traveler came upon an old woman with a broom in her hand. She was sweeping up dust and shavings and glass. The traveler asked her, too, what she was doing. But her response was, me? I'm building a cathedral for the glory of God. I really like that story because sometimes I think it can feel like the work that we do doesn't make much of a difference or the talents that we have aren't all that great or the abilities we have or we think we don't have make our lives or our efforts feel like they don't matter very much either. But God in the promises of baptism keeps reminding us that we matter a lot and that every talent we share or kindness we offer, every small good thing we create or share, they all add up to make such a difference in our world. We are growing love and hope. We're building something bigger than we are. In fact, we learn through scripture that we are the body of Christ in and for the world. We serve as Jesus' hands and feet, meaning we share the love of God by sharing our love. I like to think that we get to be the heart of God in and for the world. So I encourage you kids and adults to try this week to think a little more like the woman sweeping, sweeping for the glory of God. I know that is what I'm going to try to do. We continue our worship now, hearing some special music that was submitted by our youth choir. Our youth choir director, Emily Hansen, managed to gather the youth choir virtually. And now as a part of our worship, we share the beautiful music that they have created together for the glory of God.
Our first reading this morning comes from the book of 1 Peter. Christ is the cornerstone of God's saving work and the foundation of our lives. We are God's chosen holy people who continuously celebrate and declare the mercy of God we experience through Jesus Christ. A reading from 1 Peter. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. And a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. We sing together our gospel acclamation. According to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? 
The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was so nice out here and recording my children's sermon, I decided this week to try my sermon out here on my deck as well with all of the sounds of nature behind me. As I've been reflecting on um, this gospel reading for today, there's one part that has really stood out to me. It's the question that Thomas asks, how can we know the way? This is his question to Jesus. Where is our map? What is our guide? Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? This question resonates with me deeply right now when thinking about making plans for the fall, for the summer, for next month, even for next week, our previous map is no longer sufficient. There are so many variables yet to be determined. There is no strategic plan that will walk us step-by-step step forward because we haven't been here before. How can we know the way? I hear you, Thomas, like I have never heard you before, which surprisingly, has also helped me this week hear Jesus in some ways that I've not heard him before, too. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is Jesus' response to Thomas's fear and uncertainty. It is such a beautiful verse, but unfortunately has been used too often as a weapon rather than a balm, to incite fear rather than to assuage it. Jesus speaks these words of hope for us to cling to, not for us to throw at someone else. In fact, any Bible verse that is being hurled at someone is most likely being misused. That's just a really good general rule of thumb. This verse is not a doctrinal statement about salvation. It is a word of hope for disciples of Jesus when they are afraid and uncertain. So this morning, I wanna invite you into hearing this verse in all of its fullness for the promise of love and presence and purpose for which Jesus proclaims it. But let's begin with some good old context in order that we might better hear anew these familiar words of Jesus from our gospel for today. A reading that is part of what's known as the farewell discourse in John's gospel. Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples before his death. He is encouraging them in the midst of their fear and uncertainty which will soon turn to grief and heartache. Jesus is encouraging his friends, his disciples, for the journey ahead of them. But it's also helpful to remember that John's gospel wasn't written in live time, of course. John's gospel was actually the latest recorded gospel account, written more than 60 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. So this word of encouragement that Jesus speaks to his disciples in our gospel this morning, John writes with intent to encourage the early Christians who were reading this gospel for the first time for their journey as people of faith. 
people of faith who were discerning their identity as an offshoot from their Jewish neighbors, early Christians whose safety was always in question under Roman occupation, early Christians who were still a minority people. And just as it's true today, so was it true then, those in any minority face daily challenges that those in the majority can't fully fathom. So then, John's gospel is written with the goal to give courage and hope to a people who were frightened, vulnerable, and weary. It is to such as these, Jesus' words are spoken, to his first disciples, frightened, vulnerable, weary, in the imminence of his death. It is to such as these, Jesus' words are spoken to John's first audience of disciples, frightened, vulnerable, and weary as the early church, a minority people seeking to follow Jesus in life and faith. It is to such as these, Jesus' words are spoken now to us who are also perhaps feeling frightened, vulnerable, weary, wishing for a map to follow a guide to lead us forward into these next weeks and months too. I'm the way, the truth and the life, Jesus says. This is in response to what Jesus previously has already said to be true of his disciples. He has said, you know the way, you know the way. Thomas says, how can we know the way? To which Jesus responds, I am the way. In response to Thomas's fear and uncertainty, Jesus assures him, you know me. You come to the Father through me. You know me, and if you know me, you know my Father too. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Thomas, the Father is in me, and I am you, in you, and I will abide with you always. I am your map. I am your guide. You know the way, Thomas. John's readers, early Christians, people of OSL, you know the way. Not because you have a perfect map that leads you to an absolute destination, you know the way because Jesus has taught you and is teaching you his way of love and compassion and forgiveness. The way is not an absolute list of steps to follow or a right theology to hold over and against someone else. The way is a way of living and being that follows Jesus, his living and being in and for the world. Knowing the way isn't a map to heaven. Knowing the way is knowing Jesus. It is a relational kind of knowing, a relational kind of following, the one who is our teacher and Lord and Savior, the one who has loved us with abandon and loves us still, the one who surrounds us with love and forgives us and welcomes us each in our own truth to be who we are fully in and for the world. We are connected to God in Christ. We are connected to one another. And when fear and uncertainty and isolation start to make us feel like it is us against the world, Jesus reminds us we are not alone. We are not against the world. We are for it. We are for love, for compassion, for justice, for mercy. We are for, not against. 
Jesus' words in our gospel today are a reminder of our identity as the body of Christ, a reminder that we are for the world. And Jesus' words in our gospel remind us of the power collective we have for the world. Jesus is our way, our truth, and our life. And Jesus proclaims that as his disciples, as the body of Christ for the world, we will do great works. In fact, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. The church has not always lived up to following the way and the truth and the life. We have not always been Jesus' heart in and for the world, and yet... In all honesty of our failings, the body of Christ that is the church has fed and clothed and welcomed and blessed and proclaimed forgiveness. The church has reformed and confessed its own sins. The church has learned from other faith traditions and has found ways to partner in good work together. The church has sewn masks, delivered groceries, donated money, made phone calls, created art and beauty, stayed safer at home. As the body of Christ, we continue his work of love and compassion, justice and mercy. Greater works indeed when we open our hearts in love rather than closing them in fear. When we open our eyes to see our neighbor and one another rather than closing them in far more than physical isolation. When we open our hands in generosity rather than closing them around stockpiles of toilet paper or worries of scarcity. When we are feeling dejected, worn down, unsteady, God in Christ invites us to see more like God sees, looking with joy on every gift we share, looking with compassion on any of our fear or brokenness, looking with love on us and calling us to look upon our world with love too. This past week, I've been thinking about the largest ball of paint not to be confused with the largest ball of twine or the largest ball of yarn, no. I've been thinking about the largest ball of paint. I was reminded of this odd creation by a YouTube vlog I have followed for years now, created by John and Hank Green, brothers, both authors and social activists, who have created a whole YouTube network, including online crash courses in world history and science. They're great. They have this practice of sending YouTube videos back and forth to each other every week or so, with very random but always interesting ideas and reflections. Their vlog this week reminded me of the world's largest ball of paint. It can be found in Alexandria, Indiana. The world's largest ball of paint began over 40 years ago when Mike Carmichael let his young son cover a baseball with blue house paint, a weird hobby during his years working at a paint shop. They just kept adding layers and the ball kept growing with each coat taking a little more paint and a little more longer to paint. Eventually, they had to build the ball its very own barn with a specially constructed girder that could support the increasingly heavy paintball. Today, the ball weighs over two and a half tons and it has almost 27,000 layers of paint on it. Nowadays, visitors are welcome to add their own coats of paint, choosing the color they wanna to add to the 40-year-old creation. It's a weird sort of reminder that so many interests and interesting things in life take time to build. And so many good things in life take our collective energy and creativity too, like 
cathedrals of old that took decades, even centuries, and so many hands and hearts in service to build for the glory of God. For some reason, that giant ball of paint is both comforting and inspiring to me right now in these days when it feels like we are in this sort of grand pause. Now really is the time for any of us who are able to reflect and be intentional to find every small way we are still able to serve, to sweep and paint to the glory of God to add our colorful layers of generosity and compassion for this world, we are called to love. We are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his heart. May this promise be both comfort and encouragement to you for the days ahead. And may we sweep and paint with holy abandon all to the glory of God. Amen. We continue our worship as we join together in singing our hymn of the day, hymn number 816, Come My Way, My Truth, My Life. Together, let us confess our shared faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to join me for a time of prayer. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join the people of God in all times and places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Build us up, Mothering God, as your people near and far. Strengthen us as your church that we might proclaim your love through our service, our generosity, our compassion, and all the ways we welcome and honor others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Humble us, Creator God, as part of your creation. Fill us with respect and awe for the world you have made, for creatures large and small, for oceans and rivers, for valleys and mountains, for our local rolling hills and for Lake Monoman. Inspire in us good conservation and creative pursuits that protect and improve habitats on wild and cultivated lands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Align our ways to your love, O God. We pray for countries, leaders, and other organizations as they prepare places for those seeking refuge and safety. Work through agencies that serve those in need, especially Stepping Stones and other local agencies. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing and rest, help those whose hearts are heavy and weighed down by fear, isolation, illness, worry, or grief. Comfort their suffering, ease their distress, and carry their burdens especially Harvey Hintzman, Ruth Gilbertson, Carolyn Barnhart, Steve Terry, Steve Knudsen, and Marilyn Lee. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nurturing God, we pray for those who tend and teach young children, for the safe pregnancies of expectant parents, and for families who struggle with infertility and miscarriage. We give thanks for all who have shown mothering care, and we remember all for whom this day is difficult. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, you call into your brilliant light all who have died. Give us faith to take hold of the promise of your eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With bold confidence in your love, almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we take a moment to share a sign of God's peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. We send you our love, our peace, our hugs as we are able and wave hello and invite you now to share a sign of peace with those with whom you are gathered. Hello and peace.
we welcome your offering to OSL and to our shared ministry. Your support makes our ministry possible, and we are grateful for those donations. You are invited to send in your offering to our church office, to use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. Thank you for the ways in which you are able to share your resources with us and with our community. We sing now together our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. Let us pray. Merciful God, our ordinary gifts seem small for such a celebration, but you make of them an abundance, just as you do so with our very lives. Feed us again, O God, at this table for service in your name, as we pray in the strength of the risen Christ. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered virtually together as one, we join our prayer with the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us, save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now, wherever you are and whoever you are, to experience the gift of this meal, the life and love and presence of Christ that fills us through this meal. Receive this gift, share it with those you are gathered with this day. For indeed, the body of Christ is given for you, and the blood of Christ is shed for you. As you celebrate Holy Communion, um, we offer a piece of special music for you now.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Life-giving God, you have fed us with your word, and our hearts burn within us. Through this meal, you have opened us to your presence. Now send us forth to share the gifts of Easter with all in need through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As you are sent forth into the rest of this day that God has given you, hear this blessing. May the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raise you to new life, fill you with hope, and turn your mourning into dancing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. I have a couple of announcements that I would like to share with you this morning. First is a reminder or an invitation that this afternoon at 1 o'clock I will be hosting a virtual hangout discussion group um, for the Acts online Bible study. The resources for those Bible study are on our website. You can find them um, on, the, on the adult education page, which is under our growing tab. If you are new to the Bible study or haven't participated yet, you are still welcome to join us. Previous weeks are posted, but you can just grab, um, you can just look at the new materials, send me an email, and I will be happy to send out that link to you for you to join that virtual conversation. I also want to remind you that if you have a prayer concern or a wish to visit um, either with one of the pastors or the parish nurses at OSL, you can reach out to us. We are happy to contact you, to visit with you over phone, to set up a Zoom meeting um, to talk with you. Um, you can find our contact information on our website, um, or you can contact the church office, and they can help put you in touch as well. I also want to let you know that if you are interested in sending out cards or letters um, to any of our folks, who are in nursing home or care facilities, we have a list of those addresses. You may contact the church office. John, uh, Janelle or Bonnie would be happy to connect you with those addresses to send those to you so that you can greet those of um, our members who are in care facilities right now. Those are the announcements that I have for you this morning. And so now I invite you to join us in singing our sending hymn, Alleluia. Jesus is risen. It's number 377, and we are going to sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 5.
Christ is risen just as he said. Go in peace. Share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Alleluia.